It's a compound that has often been called Hippocrates' medicine chest. It's been said to cure inflammation, reduce stress and constipation, ameliorate arthralgia and myalgia, headaches, fever, renal disease, epilepsy, minor dermatitis, stress, and even HIV and AIDS. This miraculous wonder drug is actually berries from 30 different species of plant called elderberry. I'm sure most of you out there, including myself, have seen this in any health food store added into herbal remedies for a variety of different diseases, illnesses, and chronic or acute illnesses. But all these claims, do they actually hold up to modern science? And does modern science agree that elderberry can not only treat all of these illnesses, but does it agree that it really is Hippocrates' medicine chest? Well, let's talk about the science behind that. Welcome to the science behind that with Atticus Hamilton. Hello, all you scientists, and welcome on back to the science behind that podcast. I'm your host, Atticus Hamilton, and as you heard from the intro, today we're going to be talking about elderberry and if it really is uh, what it's cracked up to be, you know? Will it really treat all of the issues that people say it will? But before we jump into today's episode, I invite all of you to go pour yourselves a nice cup of coffee, add a little bit of maple syrup in it, not too much, just a little bit to bring out those autumn flavors, and we'll jump right in to today's episode. So now that you guys have that done and you have your steaming hot cup of coffee in front of you, let's get right into it. So... Today's episode uh, was very hard for me to sort of do because there's a lot of information here. And so because of it, I've split it up into three rough sections. First is what are the actual claims made about elderberry? And there's a lot of them. Uh, Second is what is actually in elderberry that may or may not contribute to the the um these medical claims you know that that will make them valid or not and then third is what are the actual benefits medically of elderberry and there are a couple there so um let's get right into it starting off what are the claims made about elderberry well there are a lot um people claim that elderberry Uh, can treat inflammation, it can reduce stress, reduce constipation, joint and muscle pain, headaches, fever, renal issues, epilepsy, minor dermatitis stress, HIV, and AIDS. And even then, there are still more things that people claim that it can do. Um, Now, elderberry is not a new thing, and elderberry isn't one berry. Elderberries are from around 30 different species of plant. So there's 30 different species of plant roughly that produce elderberries. And um, it's been mentioned in literature for a very long time. Um, In the intro, the the little comment I had about it being called uh, Hippocrates' medicine chest 
that was an exaggeration. That's exactly what it what Hippocrates called the elderberry tree in ancient Greece was his medicine chest. Um, and so claims about its effectiveness have gone back for a very long time. Um, now, when I was doing this episode, I definitely did a lot of research myself into it because there are a lot of claims, but I had a sneaking suspicion that the pharmacological, I guess, ability of elderberry was going to be in a similar fashion to other things we've discussed, i.e. antioxidants. And so let's jump right into that. So what actually is in elderberry? We have polyphenols, anthocyanins, flavanols, phenoic acids, proanthocyanins, turpentines, and lectins. And so for the sake of this episode, we're actually only going to really talk about two of those polyphenols and flavanols and the reason is because those are really the only two things in elderberry that appear to do anything um, and so that's what we're going to talk about today so what are polyphenols polyphenols are a class of um, compounds naturally occurring organic molecules that are composed of you guessed it phenol units um, and they are found in plants. Um, and so including within this class of molecules, you have flavonoids, phenol phenolic acids, ligands, and stilbins. Um, and there are more than 8,000 different types of polyphenols that have been identified to date. And the big claim to fame of polyphenols is their antioxidants. Now, we've talked about antioxidants before, and um, what antioxidants do, in a very rough sense, is, as the name would suggest, they prevent oxidative stress. And so, oxidative stress is when you have a free radical, like nitric oxide, that is either an atom or multiple atoms that do not possess a complete octet, i.e. they don't have a full shell of electrons and so because of it they're extremely aggressive and they'll tear electrons away from anything they can and that causes oxidative stress when it's in the bodies and the primary free radical that we see in, in, in human physiology is nitric oxide and it turns out that polyphenols are really good at scavenging or removing that um, nitric oxide. So what is a flavanol then? So flavanol is a class of flavonoids, a, a type of polyphenol that have a 3-hydroxyflavanone backbone and um, that's I know that's that's kind of confusing for you non-chemistry nerds. Basically, it's just different um, because it stems from different po uh, positions of their hydroxy group. Uh, that's basically it. Um, flavanols have been shown to potentially have anti-inflammatory effects and they protect your cells from oxidative damage because they're good at scavenging those free radicals. So elderberry possesses all of these. So what are the actual medical benefits here? Well, there's a couple that I found anyway. Um... The first is, there's several studies that have 
stated that elderberry um, possesses a significant ability to reduce the levels of free radicals in the body. And that gets down to the polyphenols within elderberry themselves. And I kind of already talked about that, but because polyphenols have a significant free radical scavenging ability, this may result in a reduction of inflammatory processes because free radicals are very inflammatory. They stimulate an immune response generally. Um, they can excite immune, immune cells. And several research studies have demonstrated that the polyphenols within elderberry may be able to um, reduce that inflammatory response because they're scavenging those uh, free radicals. So essentially, at least when it comes to reducing inflammation, it, is, it appears that the biggest mode of action of elderberry is it's just a um, an antioxidant. And so thereby, because of the types of free radicals it scavenges, it, can, it may be able to reduce uh, inflammation. But, you know, is it going to be as effective at reducing inflammation as something like Advil? Well, probably not, right? Um, but it does appear to reduce inflammation in some capacity. There's also been uh, some research showing that um, because of the action of the polyphenols within elderberry, it, elderberry components may actually help reducing blood pressure and oxidative stress. Now, the oxidative stress we're not that surprised about, but the blood pressure was actually kind of surprising to me. And it turns out, in general, the way researchers think this works is that specifically the polyphenols and the flavanol within elderberry has an affinity towards low-density lipoprotein. Now, we talked about low-density lipoprotein in the past, um, I think a long time ago, actually, when I talked about sugar, we talked about low-density lipoprotein, and, and this is bad cholesterol. So in the body, when you have a lot of low-density lipoprotein, it basically dissolves out of the blood, out of your blood, and it collects along the inside of your arteries and veins, i.e. your vascular endothelium. And what happens is the macrophages that kind of just stroll around the body looking for pathogens, they think the LDL is a pathogenic threat, so they ingest that LDL. And when a macrophage ingests LDL, it becomes an immobile cell called a foam cell. And when that happens, it starts producing cytokines and pro-inflammatory signals that tell the immune system, hey, there's an issue here, and so more macrophages flock in, and more macrophages become foam cells, and that's how you get atherosclerosis or clogged arteries. That's what a pla that's what plaque is basically. Um, and so there's some research that shows that the polyphenols in elderberry may help with reducing blood pressure by reducing oxidative stress. And so the interesting thing is the way they theorize this works, how this works is the polyphenols will actually bind to the low-density lipoprotein and prevent macrophages from eating that low-density lipoprotein, breaking up that clot. Additionally, there's also research to suggest that um, 
the polyphenols in elderberry are in a sense inhibitory towards various cytokines um there's a variety of different cytokines out there um and i'm not gonna list them because we'd be here all day but there is literature to suggest that the polyphenols within elderberry actually possess some sort of ability to reduce expressed levels of various cytokines that would um, thereby result in less um, immune response. And so in the case of plaques, that would be very useful because, you know, the less, the fewer macrophages you have eating the LDL, the less foam cells you have and the less foam cells you have, the less severe plaques in your arteries you have. Um, and of course, then reduction of oxidative stress, well, that's kind of a give me because, you know, polyphenols are are uh, are free radical scavengers. And so it would make sense then that they're able to reduce the levels of free radicals in the blood. And particularly the polyphenols within elderberry, it has been shown that they possess an ability to sort of almost completely spread through the vascular uh, endothelial wall of the arteries and the veins. And so that makes it very useful because the polyphenols are able to sort of just diffuse through those arterial walls and um, bind up free radicals that may be on the other side of arteries or within that endothelial wall themselves. And that's also how it seems like it reduces oxidative stress. And, you know, that's also kind of how I think they got the idea that it's it's better for your heart because this research suggests that elderberry reduces plaque formation and so therefore the heart doesn't have to work as hard and the likelihood of, of um, a myocardial infarction or a heart attack becomes less likely. You know, if you have low blood pressure, it's less likely that you'll have a heart attack than if you had high blood pressure. Um, now, finally, the other big piece that I wanted to talk about here is I think what most people know elderberry for. I think most people, when they think of elderberry, they think infection, like flu or cold. You know, if you have a flu or a cold, you take elderberry tea. Is there any actual research to back up those claims? Well, it appears as though there actually is. So results have indicated that elderberry elderberry flower extract in a concentration of 252 nanograms per milliliter inhibited H1N1 infection in kidney cells. And, and this was a study that was done in um, 2015, I think. Here, let me pull it up. Um, it's a big research paper. cardiovascular disease, uh, diabetes and obesity, antivirus, yes. So this was done in 2009. Um, and this paper showed that 252 micrograms per milliliter of elderberry flower extract actually inhibited influenza A virus, H1N1, in Madden-Darby canine kidney cells. So... The mechanism here um, was analyzed to be 
the polyphenolic compounds that was directly binding to the H1N1 virus's attachment proteins, thereby rendering the virus unable to infect cells. Um, and then a secondary study was conducted to show that um, it may actually be the polysaccharides within elderberry juice that also has some sort of ability to inhibit um, influenza A virus infection of cells. Um, in addition to that, other studies like this one, Krawitz et al. from 2011, studied the antibacterial and antiviral activity of rubin, a commercial product of elderberry extract, and found that it inhibited the propagation of influenza A and B. Other studies found that, again, these polyphenols possessed some sort of inhibitory properties against feline immunodeficiency virus, and I think that is where the idea of it may inhibit HIV and AIDS came into play, um, because people figured, well, if it has um, an effectiveness against inhibiting infection by feline immunodeficiency virus, could this be translated to HIV? And in fact, another study in 2009 showed that flavonoids present in the elderberry extract also exhibited the ability to block the penetration and infection of ghost cells by HIV virus 1, um, or HIV 1 virus. Um, and in addition, these flavonoids have demonstrated effectiveness in uh, antibacterial action against Streptococcus pyogenes, Strep C, and Strep G. So overall, then to summarize, it appears as though the two primary active ingredients, if you will, within elderberry are the polyphenols and the flavanols. Um, and it appears as those two together are what is really contributing to the um, uh, observed effects of elderberry. So is it reasonable to say that elderberry treats inflammation, stress, constipation, etc.? Maybe. Um, I think what is more reasonable to say is that elderberry reduce, potentially could reduce inflammation because of its demonstrated antioxidant abilities. And, and at the end of the day, that's what all this gets down to, is elderberry is a fantastic antioxidant. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong with us that are as a direct result of oxidative stress, um, such as joint and muscle pain, um, arthralgia, and myalgia. A lot of times, you know, in, in my situation, you know, I go to the gym every day. Currently, I'm on a rest day because I, uh, I hurt one of my extensors, but that is a t there is oxidative stress involved there. So I am taking antioxidants for that because antioxidants do have a, a specific role to reduce oxidative stress. And it so happens that elderberry appears to be an exceptionally good antioxidant. Um, now, when it comes to the influenza and HIV, I definitely think that there needs to be more research into it. Because, you know, polyphenols and flavonoids aren't all identical. You know, polyphenols and flavonoids from different plants 
look different structurally and they have different effects structurally. And so, so far the research looks promising um, of, of the ability of elderberry polyphenols and flavanols to inhibit both HIV, FIV, and H1, N1, that does look very promising. And so that should definitely be an area of further research into the future and potentially maybe of, of pharmaceutical development if it's determined that there's a specific compound, a specific flavanol or polyphenol in elderberry that is doing this. But right now, I just, I, I don't think we have that data. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to today's episode of The Science Behind That. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, this was a fun episode for me to make, very um, very uh, research heavy. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic Friday. Have a great weekend, and I'll see you all on Monday. And remember, stand up and question everything.